This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend, John Beeler. We've got a pretty cool, interesting show today. Samsung uh, had a big uh, reveal or announcement this week uh, on a whole bunch of new cool tech, everything from smartphones to tablets to wearables and even a new folding phone. And we'll uh, be talking with Ted Krotsonos out of Toronto about our first impressions on all of that. Some uh, interesting, interesting gear. Uh, And uh, of course, uh, we'll also be talking about our contest. We'll be giving away a Samsung Galaxy A71 smartphone this month. So we'll give details on how you can enter to win that uh, as well. John, I thought we'd start off uh, the app news just uh, quickly talking about the Canada COVID app. Have you downloaded it yet? I was one of the beta testers, yes. Okay. Doesn't yeah. work in BC yet, though. Well, it kind of does, though. And this is the kind of the confusing thing about the app. The app itself uh, is meant to alert you if you've been in contact with someone that has been exposed to COVID. Yes. Uh, but it also is meant to track your interactions with other people that have the app running in the background. Okay. And that fu- function does work in BC. What doesn't work in BC, and currently, as of this recording, only in Ontario does it actually uh, have the ability for you as an infected COVID patient to register that you've been infected, which would then match up other people that you would have been in contact with. And that would have been information that the health authorities in your province would then use to figure out who who to contact if, if that's the case. Um, the, the big thing, though, that this, this particular app should be downloaded by everybody right now. It's very secure. We've had lots of guests on this show and on Get Connected about uh, the privacy aspects of things. It's not logging your GPS. It's not you know reading your emails or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, all it's doing is looking for other devices running the same app and logging a random number. And that random number is unique to you. And then basically it just sort of has this list of interactions so that if there is an infection detected, uh, it will then alert you that you have been in contact. You should probably get a test and go from there. It doesn't tell you who infected you. It doesn't tell you any of that stuff because none of that stuff is collected. Uh, It's completely free. And uh, it will currently just log in BC, uh, in the rest of the rest of the country, actually, it'll just log these interactions. It won't actually alert you for an infection unless you're in Ontario. Um, but it's good to have this thing running. It will keep this this interaction data for up to 15 days, um, and then so if something does does change, then you do have the ability to go in and uh, see what it says to do. And basically, they're going to give you some information, but you need to call your health authority, arrange a test, that type of thing, if there was uh, someone in your in your bubble that was infected. Well, we've got a great article up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com, if you want to find out more about it. Still no word yet uh, in BC and Alberta uh, and other provinces as to when it will be rolling out there. But uh, it's probably a good thing to download it now anyway, just so that you are ready. When we come back from the break, we're talking with Ted Kritsonos uh, all about the new Samsung gear that's going to be coming out in the next uh, few weeks, including a watch that can measure your blood pressure. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. It's time to talk Samsung. They had a, a large unveiling this week. Uh, they do typically uh, every August. Uh, they call it their Samsung Unpacked event. And they announced uh, a lot of new tech goodies, including a new Samsung Note smartphone. We'll be talking about that and also some of the other cool devices, uh, new watch, new uh, earbuds, uh, new tablet, and even a new folding phone uh, throughout this show here. 
Ted, uh, we've got Ted Crisonis on the line. He is a uh, tech journalist out of Toronto and had a chance to uh, watch the uh, the uh, the PR event uh, as well. Thanks for joining us, Ted. Good to be with you guys. Ted, uh, overall thoughts before we get into the uh, the Samsung uh, Note 20. It's kind of a, an unusual year. Typically, uh, we're actually all down uh, in the U.S., uh, You know, typically in New York or California, to check these things out in person. Now it's all gone virtual. Uh, did the event wow you? Was there a lot of cool stuff? Thoughts? Well, it wasn't an unusual year for leaks, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty much every product, uh, you know, had a, a multitude, or, or, like a litany of leaks. So some of, and some of the leaks were very accurate, ultimately, when it came to what the devices actually had, uh, whereas others maybe were a little bit off. But yeah, at, at this point, you know, Samsung, we know the formula, right? So you launch the S line phones in February, and then you launch the Note line in August. And, those two particular phones always borrow from each other. So, and we've seen a little bit of that even with the Note 20 and the Note 20 Plus, sorry, Note 20 Ultra, um, where not only the nomenclature is similar, right? Because we've gone with Ultra, but also some, even some of the features have, you know, have kind of carried over from the S20 over to the Note. And yeah, I, I'm not surprised that they also launched these other products alongside because I think they're trying to make the case that they have an ecosystem now that really, really works. And that, hey, you know, if you're not part of it, you're missing out on how great all these things work together. And they have a new color scheme for these devices too. Oh, the, bronze. Bronze. I mean, that that's going to be a popular color. I mean, you know, to, uh, to their credit, like, I know how they, you know, they're always a little bit, uh, they always gush over their own, you know, colors and everything, but I can see that one being very popular. Like, I think it'll be like what Rose Gold was five years ago. Yeah. Um, it'll be the same kind of thing. You know, a lot of people will be into it. You know, there'll be influencers taking photos of it ad nauseum. <laughs> um, and, and there'll be all kinds of stuff like that going on. But it, it you can see, though, that they, they seem to be going with neutral colors or shades, right? Like I, I, I thought that they might go with something a little bright. Like me, me, remember last year with the iridescent yeah. uh, style that they went with the Note 10. They didn't do that this time, and I don't know why. But you know, because they were very big on that last year, but they didn't do it this year. So it looks like you know, bronze is like gold now. Well, let's talk about uh, the uh, the new uh, Note uh, smartphone. And again, for the listeners out there. Uh, you know they've they've got a very strong fan base for this particular smartphone uh, because yeah. it is large, kind of almost in uh, the tablet territory. Uh, but it also comes with a special S Pen, a, a stylus that's uh, very uh, advanced and can do uh, a lot of things. Uh, so, what are we seeing new this year, Ted, that people would care about? Well, one thing to point out first is that you remember how the Note used to be the bigger phone yes. than the S. Yeah, that's no longer the case. The the, the they are the same screen sizes as the S twenty phones are. So the S20 Ultra was 6.9, Note 20 Ultra, 6.9. S20 Plus, 6.7, Note 10, uh, Note 20, 6.7. Well, they they can't get really any bigger, can can they? Well, this is Samsung we're talking about. They can always try to go bigger. So, but but, but the pen has always been the differentiating factor between the two because it changes the way you use the phone, right? Especially when you actually use the pen. Now we know in the last two years, the pen they primarily pushed it as a tool away from the screen, right? So gestures, controls, like, hey, let's, you know, we can control the camera and take a selfie, things like that. What I like that they did this time was they, 
you know, I know it's so, so cliche in business and especially in tech going back to basics. Uh, but they at least focused on making the writing, uh, the, the, just the, the, the process of writing on the screen feel a lot more fluid. That reduced latency I thought was actually, is actually going to be a big deal. They, they, had, they had quite quite an extended video yes. with an engineer talking about the, one of the biggest complaints people were getting is that when they're drawing on glass, there's this lag there that's is. perceptible. And it, yes. it can really take you out of the moment of, you know, whether you're an artist drawing something or you're taking notes, that kind of thing. And and so they spent a lot of time during the event talking about how they've addressed that. And they've got some pretty uh, clever ways of doing it with artificial intelligence, guessing where your pen's going to go next and all this type of thing to make that latency reduced. Right. And now, of course, we, we don't have the device, as we're talking right now, we don't have a device with us to actually try it, but it is one of the features that I'm definitely looking to try because that would be would be a huge change. I mean, you imagine, for, mo- for the most part, I always tell people, don't you don't need to upgrade one year over year. So if you have a Note 10, you know, you wouldn't need to upgrade a Note 10. Now, in this case, if that person is writing a lot on the screen, that feature alone might be a reason to want to upgrade. I would also add to that, though, one of the other features that they announced is the 120 hertz refresh rate right. devices, which yes. will further reduce that lag and, and yes. latency. And they look pretty slick in the videos that I was watching today. Um, they did. Yeah, they did. And you're right. I mean, that was something I was going to bring up, too, is that when you, have, when you add the refresh rate to that, uh, it's almost like you have a variable uh, that at, that comes into play that also reduces the amount of time that the software. Because as they explain in the video, what happens when you when the pen touches the screen, software is is basically um, is interpreting that that contact, and it's then you know basically drawing the line, like it, it's it's forming the line as you're drawing it. Now, if you reduce all that, both with the AI and on top of that with the refresh rate, presumably, again, we haven't tested it right now as of yet, but presumably you would have something even closer to actual pen to paper. I mean, you'll never get there 100% in my opinion, but if you can get really close, you can change the way people feel when they actually write uh, on the screen. And and that that's what the note is. I mean, without that, what's the point of getting the phone? You just yeah. get it money. And it's definitely a learned behavior. Like we all learned how to type on glass as well. Right. So um, same thing with writing, especially if you're an artist that's used to using that as an extension of your, of yourself and your art form and that type of thing. Oh yeah. And note taking as well. I think as journalists, you know, for us, note taking is obviously important. And even though we try to type things out, oftentimes if you can jot down a note with greater accuracy and especially with Samsung's ability to also turn that writing into text, uh, which is, you know, that's not a new feature. They've had that for a while. Um, and I know, I know that you probably saw in the video, they had the ability to actually move the text. Did yeah. You just, yeah. So you have an annotation on a PDF or, you know, someone has written something and then like they move it sort of, you know, uh, like on a different part of the page. I thought that was pretty cool. Is, is, uh, is the note taking though still kind of a niche thing? I mean, not everyone gets the note, uh, smartphones or buys them. Uh, and they're probably one of the primarily big smartphones out there that really take advantage of that. Uh, do you think it'll ever really take off? Will people use their smartphones to actually write notes down? I don't know. I mean, it depends because again, the, the idea behind it over time has been to basically draw on anything. Yeah. So whether it's like a screenshot of something, whether you want to doodle on somebody's face, 
you know, uh, social media hoops. I mean, there are all kinds of different uses that you could, you know, use on that. Um, so I, Samsung has always tried to play up the idea of creativity related to the pen. And last year, I remember, and you guys would remember too, they played up the whole AR features, right? The augmented reality features that were associated with the pen. Notice they didn't mention that this year. Be- yeah. Because- <laughs> they kind of did though. Uh, in, in It was like fine print in the press release, but okay. basically yeah. AR stuff is coming. Uh, you know, okay. once these devices are more widely available, they'll have more to, to say about that. Okay, but, yeah, that'll it- be interesting. But, but you're right, because that was something that we all took away from the event last year that was a really big deal, and a very big focal point for the event was these features. Well, uh, it, it was a focal... Sorry to interrupt, John. It, it was a focal point for Samsung, well, not for me. No, no, uh, yeah. And, and like for me, like for me I, I knew that, was, that feature was going to be a dud, uh, personally, because I just didn't see how it would work. It would work very well um, the way it was. And I, I, it just, it was more gimmicky to me than anything else. And they wisely stayed away from that with this particular keynote because they focused more on the pen actually doing it, the basics properly of just writing on the screen. So at this point, like whatever it is, you're actually going to draw or write on the screen. It's going to be, you know, pretty much on the nose. Right. But I, I think going back to your original comment about uh, going back to basics, we seems seems like whether it's Samsung, Apple, or whomever, they'll do one big, here's a new feature you can't live without, and then next year they'll fix all the problems that were, you oh, know, yeah, introduced with those those features or, or, or things like, or just basically yeah. clean house and, and fix things up. And this feels like that kind of a, a release as far as what they've done. You know, it's incremental, but you know they've really spent a lot of time on making what's there already better. Well, and if you think about it, it's kind of what they had to do because when you look at the rest of the device, it's not dramatically different from the S20. The camera array in the rear is almost exactly the same as the S20 phones. Now, they didn't go with the 48 megapixel telephoto lens. They went with the 12 megapixel. The good news with that is that low light shots should be better because of it. But the other thing is that, see, they didn't really say anything, but the space zoom is gone. That 100 times space zoom, remember that? From the S20 Ultra, gone. Um, and, 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 and so it should have been because it was, it was a useless feature. But, gone, like the, gone like the Comet. Yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, and, and understandably, because it wasn't, it wasn't a great feature anyway. Like they hyped it at the time in February. And it was, I mean, anyway, that's another story. But, the, but the, the, the phone, for the most part, is very similar to the S20. Uh, yes, it's, an, it's a Snapdragon 865+. Plus, processor so you do get a little bit better performance that way um and then you know uh, you have the camera you've got the size is very similar although i i don't know if you guys found this i found it interesting that the note 20 has a flat screen the note 20 ultra has has curved edges i thought that was interesting that that's what the ultra gives you yeah i thought that was interesting (laughs) well they they should go flat uh samsung just go flat at this point okay forget the curved edges but Again, that's another story. So, so, now, so says Ted. <laughs> <laughs> but once, I'll tell you, though, one thing that I think is cool that they did talk about, and I'm really curious to see how it's going to be on this phone, is the gaming element. Yes, so, the Xbox partnership. Yeah. yeah, the Xbox partnership, I think, is going to be, if it works, is going to be pretty cool. I mean, the way that they showed, you know, you've got the Xbox controller, the phone's on its, you know, it's in its holster there, and you're pairing the controller with the, with the phone. You're playing some pretty good games, too. I mean, graphics-intensive games. 
Well, well. It, the, the nice thing is, is they have this uh, Game Pass Ultimate. So yes. it's, it's a subscription service from Microsoft. If you have an Xbox, you already are familiar with it. But the idea is that um, you can play over 100 games and they're all streamed from the cloud. That's right. So, yeah. so this is basically their competition for like Google Stadia. Google Stadia and even to some degree, even Apple Arcade. Yeah, uh, because it's making the case that hey, you know, if you want to play, you know, these casual arcade games with, you know, with the fruit company, uh, you know, we've got something that's like console level, yeah. right here, you know, in the palms of your hands, and and so I, I I think that feature, although it's you could argue it's a bit niche because it's it's aimed at people who want to play games, and not everybody wants to do that, um, it, it is still a pretty interesting feature. Yeah. I, it... <laughs> I, I agree to a point, but I think I think that the the, the gaming aspect, mobile gaming, is huge, but generally yes. not for the crowd that's going to be buying the Note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a very good way of putting it. Is that yeah. it's an interesting device to to debut this, but it, it's it, that's why I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how it's going to take. Uh, will it will it take well with Note 20 owners? Will you know? Will it be a bigger thing? Will we see an expansion of this in some way? later on and leading up to whatever the galaxy s phone that comes out in early 2021 uh that that i think is gonna be interesting and i think we may even see more of these types of gaming partnerships with other brands as well i mean i imagine now sony makes phones too but i at some point i mean you know playstation on a on a phone would be pretty cool also we're gonna have to take a break ted uh when i come back or sorry when we come back uh, i want to talk about some of the wearables that they announced uh, a new watch that can actually measure your blood pressure and some new uh, earbuds that uh, look like little beans that go uh, in your ear and uh, later on we'll talk about the new folding phone will they get it right this time well we'll get ted's thoughts on that too you're listening to the app show here on the chorus radio network back after this you are back with the App Show, talking all things Samsung uh, this week on the program. They had a big reveal about uh, all the new gear that they're bringing out here in the back-to-school fall time frame. Uh, they've got the new Note phones, so we chatted a bit about that. want to talk about some of the wearables now. Uh, they've got some new uh, earbuds and a new watch. We've got Ted Kritsonos with us on the line. He's a tech journalist out of Toronto, probably one of our favorite ones. And uh, I want to thank you again for joining us, Ted. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about uh, the wearables, the the watch. I mean, uh, this category is getting bigger and bigger. There's kind of a few main players out there right now. Obviously, Apple has dominated uh, the space with their Apple Watch. There's still Fitbit that is now owned by Google, and Samsung keeps coming up with new watches every year. Have they uh, have they taken it up a notch this year, Ted? We don't know yet. I mean, that's the short answer because now the last couple of years, they focused more on the active side. Well, I should say last year, like 2019 was really the year where Samsung tried to play up the active uh, watch. So the Galaxy Watch Active, there were two versions of it that came out last year. This time around, now they've come out with the Galaxy Watch 3, which is the more, you know, sort of luxury, elegant uh, model for everyday, you know, wear. Like you're not really necessarily taking this to the gym. So it's a nice looking watch from what I can see in the photos and the renders. I haven't had one yet, um, but I will be getting one shortly. And the thing that, I, I mean, the thing that always worked for me with Samsung's watches is that physical rotating bezel. It changes completely how you navigate the interface and it works. The, even though Samsung's phone, uh, sorry, watches run on Tizen, which is Samsung's own operating system, 
um, it, it just works. The the it's one of those marriages of hardware and software that when it works, it really feels like intuitive and natural. My one thing though is I'm very curious about the app situation. This is the one thing that Samsung has struggled with on its device, on its watches, smart watches. Um, they played up the fact there's like you know eighty thousand watch faces, but there's not eighty thousand apps. Um, I'm not, and, and at times it feels like there's not even eight hundred apps that are available on the watch. So that's where I think you know they need to really kind of up their game and and make it so that the apps that people are using on their phones can apply to the watches as well. Uh, but you know, what do you guys think? I, I like the look of them. Uh, I do love the round face uh, of, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. of of watches. Uh, it's something I miss. I mean, I do love. Uh, I use an Apple Watch, uh, and it just it marries really well with the whole Apple ecosystem. So I'm always curious as to you know, can Samsung get that same type of technology and software uh, marriage on here? I was interested in some of the specs. Obviously, they measure heart rate and all that, but you know, the blood pressure monitor uh, capabilities seemed interesting to me. Okay, let me talk about that, okay, because that's not new. They've had that before uh, in their watches. Um, now, at the time, though, it didn't work very well. And the part of the reason was because it was a partnership with a, an organization in the United States. And you had to, you were essentially part of almost like a trial. Like you were, <laughs> the way it was, the way it worked, like you were, you were part of this like trial group. So you need to kind of like sign your life away. Uh, in order to be part of it. And even when it, you know, when you tried to use it, it didn't necessarily work really well. So I don't know what they would have changed or what it is like now. Uh, I will be curious to try and test it out to see because at the time it, it was half baked at the time when they had it. The other thing too is with the blood pressure monitor and the ECG. So there's an electrocardiogram apparently in this smartwatch. But as, you, as we all know, that requires uh, approval. For regulators, right? So, so Health Canada has to approve that. And <clears throat> excuse me. And as far as I'm aware, they haven't. The FDA did in the United States, but I don't know that they've had the same approval here in Canada. So the blood pressure monitor, and but especially the ECG, I I, I don't know what those features are going to be like in Canada when they're going to arrive, or if they're going to be the the same as they would be in the U.S. Well, I guess we'll have to find out on that. Let's talk about the Galaxy Bud uh, uh, Buds Live. Uh, so this yes. is kind of new earbuds uh, that they've come out with. They almost look like yeah. Secret Service uh, agent type uh, <laughs> beans that you'd stick in your ears. They come in some fancy colors as well. What are we looking here that's different? Well, for one thing, there's nothing going into your ear canal, right? So unlike earbuds where, that actually protrude and, and nestle into your ear canal, these do not do that. What these are doing is they're covering the ear canal where the driver, so basically with the speaker driver, is pointing inside. It's almost like a concave effect where basically the sound comes in and it sort of and it just you know swirls and bounces around within the canal. I haven't listened to them yet, so I don't know exactly how that works, but with 12 millimeter drivers, you've got power under the hood, right? I mean, a lot of earbuds have six millimeter drivers. You've got some with eight, and then you have the, the odd one with 10. But you know, for 12 millimeter drivers, that's that's pretty powerful. So I have to think that what they've tried to do is is, is to create enough strength uh, and enough audio output so that you don't feel like the sound is bleeding out from from your ears. Because that's always been the issue with true wireless earbuds is that if you don't get a tight enough seal, the first thing you lose is bass, right? The, the low end of the audio spectrum always suffers as a result of that. 
and you end up with a sound that's a little bit too treble or tinny. Um, where and they're saying that that's not the case here. That they've got they've got active noise cancellation on top of that, right? So if you want to block out that ambient noise, you can block out up to ninety seven percent of it. But as we know, ANC typically works best with very consistent, monotonous sounds, like on an airplane or something. Yeah, plane, bus, train, you know, stuff like that. Um, whereas like random chatter and stuff, it, it won't do as well uh, with that kind of with that kind of noise, but. Um, it is a very unique design, and I'm really curious to see how it's going to fit everybody's ears because that's the other issue, right? Is how comfortable they're going to be. They they almost look like like kind of like uh, hearing aids in the sense that they they really disappear into your ear. Yeah. Nothing's protruding. Um, so yeah, definitely the fit's going to be a concern I think for people. Um, they they're claiming six hours of battery life uh, per charge with 21 hours possible with the charging case and that a five-minute charge will give you one hour of playback on those buds as well. Yeah, the fast is, charging, yeah. Sounds, sounds good. That sounds good. The fast, uh, the fast charging is, is good. The six hours, you're not going to get six hours. I'll, I'm calling it right now. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be less than that um, because that's typically what always happens with true wireless earbuds because, again, that's the fine print, and I assume they even put the fine print in this case. The, it Always, almost always, whenever you – they rate battery life on true wireless earbuds. It's based on 50% volume. Okay. So that's default. Uh, most people I would argue don't necessarily listen at that volume, especially if they're out with noise. And then it doesn't take into account how much A and C eats up of the battery too. So I'm going to say it's going to be five or less more than, more than likely in most cases, which is not bad, but it's not amazing. But again, the, the, the fit, even if it is comfortable, you don't have a lot of wiggle room to move these things around. So it's not like you can like kind of like find a way, you know, or use a different ear tip or something to try and get that, that tighter fit. Once you put them in there, I think that's it. I don't, I don't think you can really move them around much after that. Either it fits or it doesn't is what you're saying, Ted. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. Uh, we're going to have to take another break. When we come back, we want to chat uh, about uh, a couple more devices that they launched, uh, a new super tablet and a folding phone version two. Did they get it right this time? We'll find out. You're listening to the app show here in the chorus radio network back after this. So you were back with the app show, Mike and John here, been, uh, Heavy into the Samsung uh, stuff on this particular show. They had a big event this week, so we're just kind of covering some of the uh, the gear that they announced. They announced some new uh, uh, smartphones, the Note 20 line. Uh, they've got the little special S Pen in there, so you can take notes with them. Also, a few new wearables, uh, some new ear buds uh, that don't have an ear tip that just kind of squish into your ear. We'll uh, get a chance to try those out over the next two weeks, we hope. And uh, a new smartwatch uh, as well. You can uh, check out our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got some more info up there about that if you want to find out uh, more and some of the pricing for this uh, stuff uh, as well. On the line, we've got Ted Krotsonos. He's hanging out in Toronto. He's a tech journalist that had a chance to uh, look over the uh, the event this week, and uh, we're talking about uh, some of our thoughts on that. Uh, let's talk about the tablets that uh, they, they launched. Have they made much of a dent in the tablet space, Ted? I'm not sure they have, uh, but they seem to want to because they're still at it, right? I mean, this is a company <laughs> that launches like two or three of them a year. 
So on the one hand, they don't have much competition on the Android side because at this point, when you're thinking of Android tablets, you're not really seeing a whole lot of competition there. It's really Samsung, and then Amazon's kind of doing its own thing with with its Fire tablets, but that's that's like a fork of Android. It's not fully an Android tablet. And then not much no. other than that, right? It's just tumbleweeds after that. <laughs> so so basically, that you have you have like you know you're leading in this one part of the market. But how many people are buying them? I'm not sure. Now, with this, these two particular tablets, we got the Tab S7 and the Tab S7 Plus, uh, 11 inches or 12.4 inches. So these are pretty big in terms of tablet sizes. You know, tablets aren't always that big. Um, but they are clearly seeing these as productivity devices. Almost. The way they- do, you, do you think laptop replacements in some cases? Well, they didn't see, they didn't go that far, right? So they were careful not to say that because if you if you start positioning the tablet as a laptop replacement, then the expectations start to go they start to go up. So they were careful not to say that, and instead, you know, they use other language like you know I can like getting things done or you know tasks and um, and productivity. You know, a lot of buzzwords. They use a lot of buzzwords throughout the keynote to kind of, and then of course the the presentation itself lended itself to showing that hey you know it's very easy to get things done and hey you can integrate with the phone very easily that actually was kind of a cool feature um, i think you guys caught that too where they they basically tied the the phone to both a computer and then also to the to the tablet as well they've done that before where you could answer a phone call with with the, t- with the tablet but to me though the big thing is the pen i mean i go back to the s pen again because if if you have the same exact low latency that they pulled off with the Note 20 and you're applying it now to these two tabs S7 tablets, you've got something that it's, I would argue it's even easier to write on this because of the screen real estate you're dealing with. I mean, if you're, if you want to draw something or you want to do anything artistic, now you presumably have a pen that will feel even more like putting a pencil or a brush to a canvas. So, um, It'll be interesting to see if people take to it, though, because Samsung's also pricing these up like like an iPad. I mean, it's not like you're getting these things at some sort of a a, a budget price. That you're getting, you can only get them at a premium price, and I don't know that people are willing to pay that. We're gonna have to wait and see. Are they going after the iPad Pro market, kind of the higher end iPads? Uh, these ones have the magnetic keyboards and stuff as well, right? Yeah, I think to some degree, yeah. they're they're going after the iPad because the. They're all, they also played up, you know, Samsung DeX, which of course is their desktop uh, OS that you can sort of run off uh, either a phone or within the tablet itself. So you can do that too. Which is and now wireless, which is nice. Which is now wireless, which is very cool as well. So they, they, this is not the first time Samsung has done this. I mean, I remember the Tab S6 last year, same thing, productivity, productivity, productivity. And I reviewed it and I wasn't sold on it being really like a productivity device that I could use primarily as one as a support device, maybe. Uh, But they're making the case this time that, hey, you know, this could be something that you can play around with, but also work with. And I I, I don't, I think the pen helps make that case. um, But I don't know if in practice, it'll be like that. We're giving away a Samsung smartphone this month. Uh, we're going to f- a few of them, actually. The Samsung A71. If you want a chance to uh, enter one of these uh, contests, go to our website, 
getconnectedmedia.com. If you hit the newsletter tab, if you subscribe, you are entered to win the uh, Samsung Galaxy A71, and uh, you're entered into all of the contests happening this year. So it's, uh, it's a good deal. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to keep Ted on the line, and we'll talk about the new Samsung Galaxy Fold 2. Is it, uh, is it uh, done right this time? We'll find out. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. We've got Ted Crozonos, our favorite tech journalist from Toronto, talking all about Samsung gear this week. They just announced a bunch of new stuff. And finally, Ted, the Samsung Galaxy Fold 2. Uh, I think a lot of us are aware of some of the issues they had with the first one. Obviously an engineering marvel, but uh, had problems with the, uh, I guess, the screen peeling off and stuff getting caught in the hinges. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see this new one. Uh, any thoughts Ted, uh, you know, initial thoughts. We have to get our hands on one first, but yeah, I got to get our hands on one first. It's going to be prohibitively expensive. Uh, that much is for sure. Um, I, I I can't see it being less than twenty five hundred dollars when it comes out. They haven't announced pricing, but that's my guess. Um, the I what I found interesting was that they use glass as opposed to plastic this time for the screen. So they use glass that apparently is thinner than a human hair. Um, very interesting, and it, of course it's layered. Yeah, you didn't catch that part. They mentioned that, and, and like that is layered basically, but that the the top layer is like so thin that it's like like a human hair or thinner than that even, and that it can handle more pressure, it can handle more folding, and that the hinge is better. And of course, they got rid of that gap. You guys remember the first one when you closed it, uh, right where the hinge was, there was that little air pocket, right? Because it didn't close like a book completely. Whereas this one apparently does. So, from a from a, I guess from a a form factor perspective, like from a design perspective, they seem to have changed some of those things. Uh, Seven point four inch screen when it's when it opens up. So they got rid of the tiny little window on the front. And yeah, the full full size six point two inch full size six points. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they went with the full size. You know, you got a front facing camera there, front facing camera when it folds out too. Um, 7.4 inches, so only marginally bigger than the other one was. Uh, I did not catch the resolution uh, of the screen. I don't know if it's the same or if it's any different, but uh, it, it looks to me like this is a similar device uh, than the than the first one, but more like a corrective device from the first one. Yeah. So get your wallet ready, essentially. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this will be a few thousand dollars, and uh, we're looking forward to getting our hands on one of those. Don't forget to enter our contest here on the app show, getconnectedmedia.com. Hit the newsletter tab, and you can enter to win there. We're giving away a Samsung Galaxy A71 smartphone worth $550. Ted, as always, a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Likewise, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me want to thank the rest of the folks that helped put the show together. Uh, obviously, John, my co-host, uh, and uh, Christina, our producer, and the rest of the gang back at the ranch. Always visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got our audio and video blogs up there and lots of great uh, how-to articles and videos, product reviews, and, and so much more, and, of course, the contest. We will see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.